Hi, Karen here, jumping in before this cast interview to say that there are some very mild spoilers uh, regarding Bree's occupation, which you find out about in the latter half of season one. So if you haven't listened to that and you don't like spoilers, go listen to that first. And I hope you haven't missed that I am creating a new science fiction audio drama called Cheka, which will release this year. You can find the trailer in your podcatcher right now by searching for Cheka. That's C-H-A-I-K-A. So here we go. Enjoy this cast interview, which was recorded in the summer of 2021. this cast interview for Y2K season two. My name is Karen Heimdahl. I'm the creator, writer, and producer of Y2K. And I'm here with four wonderful uh, voice actors. And I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves one by one. I'm going to ask them to tell us their name and their pronouns and where they're at in the world and what they play in uh, Y2K season two. And I'm going to start with Emma. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Emma Laslett, she, they, uh, I am currently in the UK, although not the usual bit, but not the, the usual bit, not the bit I'm usually recording <laughs> from, uh, this is me up visiting family, uh, and I am the narrator <laughs> in every episode of season two. You are, definitely. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to move over to Alessandre. Hello everyone, I'm Alexandre, I play Antonio, and uh, I'm from Brazil, I'm he here in Brazil now, and what what else did I have to say? Your pronouns? <laughs> oh, he, him, sorry. <laughs> yep, and what episodes are you in? I'm in episode 10 and 11. You are, and that moves us uh, easily over to Lorcan, hello. Hello, uh, my name is Lorcan Annie Sherry, my pronouns are she, her, they, them. Uh, I'm from Dublin, Ireland, and uh, I play Brie, and um, I'm in episode six, episode 10, and episode 11. Ah, brilliant. Well done. <laughs> okay. And finally, Celia. Yeah, my name is Celia Lamhauge, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. I play the waitress in episode one. You do? And I, I'm actually also in Sweden, though I am in Gothenburg, and my pronouns are she, her, and uh, yeah, I am Swedish. So we have a bit of a mix of uh, nationalities and time zones here, and I'm very excited to talk to you. I wanted to start by just sort of asking you about you and your character, and I know that some of you have had much more time getting to know your character than others. But still, you know, it's a character. You had to sort of relate to them and figure out who they were. And I wanted to ask you about who uh, who they are and in relation to you. Are they like you? Are they not like you? Uh, do you like them? Would you have coffee with them? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to start with Alessandre. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, when when we first started recording, I I thought I was much more like him than it end up. I end up mm. being like him. I remember when Sarah directed us at saying, "You have to separate the professional." Uh, Antonio is a psychologist. Mm. You have to pro the, to differentiate the professional from the personal stuff you that's going to happen in the episode, and uh, and that. Make, that clicked for me, and I said, "Yeah, I have to do that." He he he's helping Jess with the uh, the all that she's going through, and yeah. Bree as well, and that helped me finding him better. Yeah, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. But I think there's a there's very much of a warmth to Antonio that I feel that you have as well, as Alexandre. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That I, I feel like like that you're you're similar in that way, at least from what I've I've known you uh from working with you on this project. But yeah, I think you're right. Um Sarah Golding, who directed one of the episodes that you're in, episode eleven, and and she's very sort of hands-on character with character work, which I think is amazing. And uh, and yeah, you did do that. I remember that and I remember thinking that's real that's a really good way of sort of looking at at him and how, what he's like. Uh, would you have coffee with him? Sure. <laughs> would you have something to talk about? Oh, lots of things. Like what? <laughs> oh, this last year has been chaos, and I would love to sort sort things out with him. It's but okay. <laughs> he, he could help me, and I, I I think he's a fun person to be around. He he. He he knows how to separate the the professional from the personal, as I said, and that's mm. great. Yeah, I mean, I that got really meta for me in my mind. I was like, okay, so Alexandre is having therapy with Antonio. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like we were talking before um, about uh, about Lord of the Rings and Gollum. It's almost like you're you're sort of being being your own therapist <laughs> in the Gollum way. You're sort of looking at you. I'm gonna move on to Lorcan. Uh, we talked about Brie a little bit in the uh, season one cast interview you did, but talk about her some more. Mm, and do you know what? It's funny because uh, this question that you asked, uh, it was really similar to one of the questions that I was going to ask, actually, mm -hmm. um, because I really did feel um, like so many of the things like she's very different to me. I think she uh, I, I'm actually very, very um privileged and lucky in that I have a really supportive family and that's not something that Brie had but there were some other kind of things and I don't know there were there were some other ways that she sort of dealt with things that I really kind of understood there was this maybe shyness and vulnerability um that I really loved and I really loved kind of exploring and um yeah I don't know she, she there was there was a lot of similarities I I felt between us um I really loved as well the kind of it, it's been a really it, it, this was such an interesting project for me to do because I think when we started it I was really at the very beginning of my kind of uh, social and medical transition and now mm. that it's kind of coming to the end of it um well it's not sorry it's not coming to the end of my uh my transition but um <laughs> just like uh I, I, I sort of feel like I've 
I've gone on this kind of, I don't want to say like journey. journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like yeah. I, I, I really changed a lot actually. And and since starting doing this, mm-hmm. this podcast and, and it was really tough at times, but things are starting to sort of like kind of come together maybe a little bit more. And, uh, that's nice. I it's I don't know. There was there was all these sort of parallels between kind of Brie and myself yeah. that I I kept I I, I I see a lot of myself in her. I suppose. Yeah. Was there anything that you discovered about Brie in season two? Because you know you get to know her later in her life, or sort of in the middle. Uh, because in in season one, you voiced her at sort of I think twenty one years old, and then also at sort of. 41 years old, I guess, briefly. But then now you sort of got to fill in a little bit of the things in the middle. Was there anything that you learned about Brie this season that you didn't know from the season before? Well, the, this, I don't know if this is something that I learned, but maybe it was something that I, I, was, I was surprised was um, maybe that she chose academia. Um, and yeah. I don't want to, sorry, maybe it's... Spoiler alert. Um, but like, <laughs> but like, I I kind of she in my mind I thought oh maybe Brie is gonna and again I think this is me needing to separate myself from the character. I was like oh Brie is gonna go off and be like a a rock star like a protest singer like a trans um Ani DeFranco type artist mm. or something and you know then she kind of and 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 i i actually again i really liked that and i i thought it was really um there was something really comforting about it or something because again it was something maybe that i i was sort of going through in my own life and i was like oh maybe maybe Bree's right maybe you know <laughs> go you should be a professor maybe <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> move to new maybe zealand great for her but not for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that um i think she ended up i mean she is an incredible performer as are you of course lurkin that's thank you why you why she is and why you are, but I really wanted her to have uh, a different career because I didn't I didn't feel like she was cut out for that sort of cutthroat trying to make ends meet and get gigs and all of that stuff because uh, I felt like she needed a little bit more structure, but then I also felt like she needed something that was very sort of work that she could make her own and that wasn't that was sort of. Uh, yeah, that was just hers. And I felt that academia made sense for her in that way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, you only met her briefly, yes. but she is a person. Yes. Our lovely waitress in episode one. Uh, how do you feel about her? I would totally date her. Ah, uh... oh, lovely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she could be me. She could be my date. Totally. <laughs> That's lovely. I mean, I'm I'm now picturing your coffee yes. date in 1996. Yeah, right. Me too. <laughs> I'm not sure how that is happening, but you're having a lovely time. Right. Oh, okay. So uh, Alexandre is is having using his character as a therapist. Lorcan is sort of almost <laughs> is her character, and Celia is like, "Yes, I'm going to take this girl. It's going to be great." Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, perfect. Um, because I think what comes through of her is that she's very sort of open-minded and very sort of happy-go-lucky mm. I guess just kind of uh, enjoying mm. life and and uh, yeah having taking the opportunities that are thrown at her yeah yeah but also sort of just not being 
quite independent, mm. I think, in, in making her own choices. So, yeah, I enjoy mm. that. Me too. <laughs> it's good. And now I'm, I'm really having this image. Because <laughs> I have, for, no, for, uh, for episode one, I have a very clear image of my mind, what the cafe looks like, that that scene is set yeah. in. So now I just placed yeah. you and her <laughs> at a little table having coffee. It's, it's adorable. <laughs> I love that. And Emma, I mean, uh, a narrator is a character in one way, but also in another way, it's not. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I'm used to doing kind of a lot, perhaps too much character work when I go into a new <laughs> role. And, and then it's interesting to be doing something that's less of a character and more of I just kind of focus on the shape and cadence of their voice a lot more mm. uh, as, as opposed to when I'm doing a character and it's just kind of be who that character would be and then their voice will come from that and this mm. is very much the voice as object yeah just kind of sculpting that to how it needs to sound exactly and it's so um I mean, I, I wanted a narrator for for season two because, I mean, it's very it's very different from season one, which was mm. all voicemail based and which was all sort of pretending that we were in this found audio story. But season two, I wanted to be very clear that this is this is a story. Uh, and this is that's why I'm, I'm, I, I have uh, Sarah as the drama school director sort of announcing that this is this is take two. We're doing it again. Come on. And then you're saying, okay, where are we? What month are we at? What year are we at? And I really love that framing uh, of your very calm, beautiful voice. And I'm just, <laughs> yes, this is great. I think I told you that when we did, because um, you were at one of the table reads and I was just like, yes. I want you to narrate everything, Emma. Can you please narrate my life? <laughs> because this is just so beautiful. I I mean you say, you say calm like I think that's one of the biggest differences between me as narrator mm. and me as person is <laughs> just because <laughs> I, I remember for, I I think it, at that table read or possibly even earlier mm. when I was running some auditions for it and, and it was always just okay now slow that down a lot <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just going from I'm pretty high strung and strange and then boiling that down into just kind of calm and reassuring and factual (laughs) but you do you do it so well and and yeah i completely understand that and i think very few people are as calm as you sound when you narrate (laughs) very very few people (laughs) i love that i wanted to hand it over to you guys uh for one of your questions anyone eager to start uh not i'm just gonna call a name I can start. Yay! Brilliant. <laughs> start. So the question is, if you have changed your accent for this role or have like come up with an accent for this role. This is your question, Lorcan. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, and it was <laughs> it, it was funny because I was going to um like I was going to ask the, kind of a similar question as well because mm-hmm. I found it really I, I think I got real uh in my head about it and I was like, oh my God, is this the same accent? Have I totally changed the accent? Is it over here now? Like, and I kind of almost, and and it was something, and I, I kind of, I remember talking with Karen about it and you were like, no, yeah. I would, I would tell you, <laughs> like, I'd be yeah, like, I you need to do it again. But I was like, but it, it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was tricky at times, but it was fun. Yeah, I mean, because uh, Lorcan and I, obviously, we play we play sisters, or we, we voice sisters. 
And I kind of just started that going because people keep telling me I sound Canadian. I'll just make her Canadian. <laughs> and then after that, I've done so much more sort of voice work and accent work. And now I'm also very self-conscious about this weird accent that I just happen to have in every day that is basically the one I'm using for Jess, but not quite. I mean, the way to get around that, Lorcan, is that both Jess and Bree have lived somewhere else. Yeah. Um, for a long time. So who knows where their accents are from anyway? Totally. They're not, they're not an Irish uh, and a Swedish girl trying to sound Canadian. They're not. But you're <laughs> so right, Karen, because I think that's my, my accent is, is kind of American-ish. And like, you know, there's all these, um, and I think most people nowadays have an accent that's, well, not most people, sorry, but a lot of people have an accent that's uh, a mix of all these like a hybrid thing that's really influenced by like TV Mm -hmm. that they watched. Yeah. um, yeah. And I have, I meet that a lot from uh, voice actors who say, particularly ones who do not have English as their first language. And they say, Oh, I sound so American. And I'm like, well, yes you do, but also you sound like where you're from, which is what I want. So just use the voice that you have. uh, And that's going to be great. Um, because as far as I know, uh, for the rest of you, you are using your own accent. I think Celia is nodding. More or less. Uh, and <laughs> Alessandra is nodding, and Emma is yeah. What are you? What are yeah, you doing for the narrator, Emma? <laughs> I I I kind of self consciously make it a little bit more traditionally English because mm. my accent is another one that's a weird mishmash and <laughs> lot like even though this is my first language and everything uh like lots of people tell me i sound american all the mm. time and i've had at least one person think i was from new zealand and i'm just like no <laughs> i've lived within a hundred mile circle my entire life uh, <laughs> yeah but no i mean i did ling- i did linguistics at college and my phonology professors were just regularly just like okay i don't understand your accent let's move on <laughs> <laughs> So normal, or like so much more common nowadays, you know, I think that that's um, like, because I went to an international school when I was a kid. And then that and it was such an interesting thing that happened where none of the kids were were American, but we all had these American accents, guess because our teachers were American. But Mm. then when I went to Dublin, when I moved to Dublin, my friends who've lived here their whole lives, they have really american accent they have the same accent as i do you know so i i, I don't know so it's interesting though. <laughs> i think at this point Lorcan, you do sound more irish than american yeah uh in every day but i think also there is you could could sit there and just trace all the de- various sort of influences right yeah because i think i sound more swedish now than i used to and I, I don't really know why. <laughs> who, the heck, who the heck cares just thinking about accents make them go away, right? They kind of flee <laughs> as soon as you start thinking about them, <laughs> which is uh, weird and wacky. Uh, anyone else have a question they want to uh, jump on board with? Lurkin, you, you've been saying twice now that you had questions similar to the ones asked. Maybe you want to jump in with something before <laughs> someone else grabs. Before I run out of questions. Yeah, totally. Um <laughs> I I was going to say, so I really loved like acting alone, actually. I found it it really um like it's something I, I tend to do a lot, actually, because, you know, when I'm practicing or whatever. And 
And I find it now quite hard to act with somebody else. Um, and I was wondering if any of the other voice actors like felt the same, if you kind of preferred this format where you are kind of, you're almost kind of daydreaming on your own or something, you know? Um, but yeah. Oh, I, I can start. And yeah. And I'm, I come from a theater background and uh, I usually act with others, other actors. And I really, in fact, I find it difficult to act on the microphone. To me, yeah. acting alone is difficult still. Yeah. Uh, I feel ashamed. I look around and who's <laughs> listening? Who can hear me now? I'm not used to it yet. And mm. I, I, I'm eager to get back to the stages and everything because mm. I, I miss the connection with the other actors. And I, I love this, this thing we're doing here because I can talk to you back and I miss that a lot. And I hope yeah. the pandemic goes away soon and we can all have it back. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> we're in full agreed uh, agreements here. No, but I, I also, because for, for this project, you did, uh, we did table reads for every episode. So at least you got to act together then, but we didn't record those. Um, so you recorded on your own, which I think is what you're talking about, Lorcan, just that sort of being in your bubble and acting. Uh, and you're saying, Alessandra, that's, Ah, you're not used to it. It's a little bit uncomfortable. How do yeah. you feel about that, Emma? Personally, like, I mean, I I come into this from the position of I'm uh, I haven't done any kind of in-person acting in years, even before this whole situation. So it's kind of what I'm used to, and I like. I get kind of the same experience from both kinds because I do few different podcasts and they do um some of them do asynchronous mm. recording some of them record at the same time um but like to me they're not that different because like when i'm recording on my own i'm still kind of bouncing off the energy of someone else because i just kind of compartmentalize mm. it so that i'm doing it as actor and as um listener at the same mm. time and so so i'm just kind of constantly I've got one I've got most of me saying saying the lines and then kind of part of myself just standing off to one side bouncing back how that feels to listen to it's it's it it, it it's definitely kind of developing a different different process yeah. I love that sort of yeah being aware of the listener at the same time as you're mm. because that sort of brings a someone into the room even though they're just yeah. imaginary you're imaginary friend in the room yeah sort of <laughs> how about you Celia I'm I'm trying to do that because that sounds so good I'm also from theater so I I need someone to bounce off from yeah but it's so difficult to do it alone sometimes I I call some of my friends on video call and I just act ah, for them for recording uh, or for practice for practice for practice yeah oh, uh, yeah but the table read was amazing. That oh, helped me tremendously. <laughs> I'm so glad that did help. Because I was, I've been, as a voice actor, I've been directed, um, like doing synchronous recording uh, with a director and another actor in the, on, in the call, uh, which is, I found, find that exciting, but I'm also sort of intimidated by it. And I know that when I was recording uh, for the White Vault and I had to stay on this, accent which was my sort of made up 
the British English that Swedish people who speak really good English speak. Yes. That one? I know it. <laughs> you yes. know it very well, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not natural for me at all. And I had to try to stay on that versus um, Hem, who was voicing my daughter, who does this very sort of RP type voice for that. And RP is my strongest UK type accent. And I, I kept slipping into that. And as I listen back to the episodes, I'm like, oh, shit. Because she was there, I had so much more energy and it was so much more exciting but also my accent was all over the place mm. so you know there are pros and cons um but mm. i've been thinking about this because i love the table reads that we did and i loved connecting with all of you i mean that was probably my favorite part of season two was just meeting all of you and getting to mm -hmm. do these really intense uh emotional emotional or comedic or you know all of those things happening in these uh meetings uh but recording on my own i can keep a much better check on my action on my accent and of course also i can redo it as many times as i like and no one knows how many goofs <laughs> i did i can just erase them <laughs> so yeah i've been thinking about that for future projects because there's a nerve that you get in synchronous recording mm -hmm. um that is really exciting And sometimes when um, voice actors are left alone to record dialogue, and I know that I'm completely guilty of this myself, is what they do is they slow down. Because uh, we, when you have no one to talk to, you don't get that sort of dialogue vibe going on, and you just sort of slow down, which is fine in between lines, because you can cut that as a director. But when it's midline and there's a lovely sort of pause with a lovely breath in there that you don't want to lose, but it's a little too slow. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a tip for you when you're recording dialogue. Uh, <laughs> because I do that a lot. And I think a lot of, a lot of us voice actors do that. Uh, yeah. Um, Emma, do you have a question? What have you kind of learned from Y2K as a whole and specific, and particularly this season that you'll kind of bring forward into other projects? That is a beautiful question. You want to start, Alessandre? I don't know, but I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot, because it was my first experience with English mm. podcasting, and I, I never did it before. I, I've been working with podcasts since 2011 in Portuguese, and but never audio, uh, mm. audio drama in, in English. So I've learned it's not impossible. It's not even as difficult as I thought it would be. And I loved it. And I would really wish I could do that all the time. I really liked it. And I don't know if, if all the, the other ones will be like that. But Karen, you made it so such a great experience. You are awesome. Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough for introducing me to this world. And I loved it. I really loved it. Aww. Now you're making me all misty-eyed. <laughs> that is really lovely. Was it the same for you, Celia, that it was your first um, English voice acting job? I don't remember. Yes. It was, right? Yes, yeah. it was. I've only been doing them in Swedish yeah. before. And I've only been doing them, like, together with people. Yeah. Live. Yeah. So now I was all alone. <laughs> it was quite scary. But I think I've learned. Yeah. 
that the like having video calls with friends helps mm. me a lot and having other people to act bounce off against is helping me too i think that i will i will bring forth to my other projects how about you lurkin yeah i think it kind of i think i learned that i can do uh the kind of group acting thing and actually kind of to mm. to what we were talking about with the table reads i really enjoyed that and i was really nervous about it i always am quite nervous about going into these um yeah. these sort of group situations and it's this and i think i compensate then when i come into them by talking a lot more if <laughs> then that seems sort of like counter uh uh intuitive or something but um <laughs> I don't know. I suppose what I learned, um, I learned uh, about kind of being a team player. And I think that was something that I kind of struggled with. You know, I, I think I've, I've been in my head for a long time or I get in my head sometimes and I can kind of get in my way. And I think actually really engaging with, uh, with, with the kind of team and with the, the group of people you're working with is a really great way to kind of anchor myself in the experience and, ultimately enjoy it more but I think give a give a better performance as well so I think that's what I'm gonna take from this beautiful Emma how about you answer your own question oh wow um I see I was not prepared for my own questions uh, <laughs> um, uh... gotcha <laughs> I can babble on for a bit if you want <laughs> uh, I, I think Again, like like I say, it's the direction I took on this, it, and as I was saying earlier, I could bring some of the the, the calm uh, into my own life and other projects <laughs> in general. Um, but but also again, that I mean, I was only in for one of the table reads and not really, not technically, I guess, about mm. acting off anyone in that because I was just kind of framing it. But even so, it's it's it is again kind of getting to exchange that energy with other people and it, it does get you a lot more kind of invested into the work mm -hmm. I mean it's really interesting that you're talking mean, because of course for me Y2K has been uh, pretty much uh, life changing uh, but then you know it's my project and it's I'm bouncing off that in so many different ways um, but I think just that I've had this idea of maybe trying to do synchronous recordings for my next project because I want that nerve, at least for the dialogues. Uh, I have some monologues in there as well. So uh, I, I'm, I keep learning. And I think for season one of Y2K, we only had like, um, what was it, Lorcan? Maybe two or three sort of meetups, online meetups. Yeah. And we didn't, and we didn't, we did, definitely did not read through the whole thing. We just read through bits and talked about character. Uh, and of course, we had uh, 54 episodes there. So if we'd done 54 table raids, I don't know where we, what else <laughs> we would have done with our lives. But, uh, <laughs> but still, I, I learned from that, that I really wanted more um, connection with the actors. And I think that for me has been amazing uh, with season two. So yeah. Very cool. I think uh, Alexandre has a question, perhaps. Ooh. I do have two, if I may, uh, if if time allows it. One's for Lorcan. Oh, no, she, uh, she's she, sorry. Away. <laughs> One's for Lorcan. She's like, no, I'm hiding. Don't run away. 
Okay, one's for someone, one's for Lorcan for later, and the other is for. <laughs> oh, the the others for me for you. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that the questions are about the the last season, the mm. first season. So if that's it, fine. if that's not a problem, because those are moments that kept that I really loved it, and I would mm. li like to talk a bit about them. The first one, Lorcan, the the episode when you sing at the bar. I I got goosebumps every time I listened to that, and I loved what was done. That you started all coy and shy, and then the editing make it grow, and you bloom in, into it. And I loved it, and I wanted to know where did it came from. Karen did it, and she thought about it. You went with it how, how was it done god i actually can't remember now Karen. like i don't know if you remember I think I um do. um because we had i because you auditioned and i made you sing something and you sung because we were going to sing a silly version of scarborough fair and i just wanted to make everyone who auditioned for brie had to sing something and i said it didn't have to sound good and then i hired you who of course is an amazing singer and uh and whatever it was that you sung in your audition it stuck in my head and it played in my head for weeks and i was just like i have to hire her because she's amazing and i can't get her voice out of my head and then i talked to you about it and i said can we can we make brie sing more because i want i want your voice more in here can we because i hadn't written finished writing um season one at that point when i hired you it was like maybe halfway through or something. Um, and you sent me a first maladaptive daydream, which is the second song that Bray sings in the, um, in Jess and Rachel's living, living room, um, which complete goosebumps. And uh, I was like, this is the most amazing thing. And at that point it was like more than a year away that everyone was going to hear it. And I was just like, ah, uh, I can't wait to share this with everyone. Um, and, and that one, but then we, for some reason, we got it into our heads that you had, that you were going to sing one more and you're going to do one more. And I made it so that that was the first one that she sung. And I know that you had a little bit sort of, ah, what am I going to do with this? And then I remember when you sent this to me, uh, cause this is the, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. It's, oh dear. I know neither can I. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it was, but anyway, because all those songs now have like changed as well. Even that maladaptive daydream song is now like totally different. So yeah. Oh, hero! It's called hero. hero. Yes. Oh my god! Please right. My yes. Hero, and I think yeah, you, yeah, in yeah. the end, you sent me an email saying, "I don't know if this is any good," but I remembered that Brie is just starting out and 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 sort of getting her dipping her toes into this and she's very uncertain and you had that take of that I put in the episode which is very sort of tentative and where she starts and she stops and she goes ah, 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 and then she starts over uh, and says I'm so nervous and I don't know if that was you or Bree or both of you saying that but I just put it in because it, <laughs> it was beautiful so yeah that kind of happened from your from what you sent me uh, and of course, I sent you back something like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> nice. It was. 
Yeah, it was so nice. And and it was because it was, it, yeah, God, I, I forgot it. Thank you for for saying all that because I actually remember it now. And uh, exactly, it was, I think that was it. I was, rec I remember recording it over and over again because I was like, no, this is shit. This is, sh sorry, I shouldn't say, um, th this is bad. Um, but that was, I, I just was getting really nervous about it and getting really and, and that was that again at a time, God, this was this is a course pre COVID. So this was like I had just started kind of doing open mics and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it just it, I just really uh, put that in it. And uh, and it's really interesting. This was also before I did my acting course. And that's something yeah. I'm, I'm kind of doing now. And they really encourage us to um be yourself like they're like that is that that is when it's the best it's golden when someone is just like being kind of natural and like acting like you're you're acting as someone else but you're you're being yourself and and I think maybe mm -hmm. that's why it kind of read because I was just totally going through that at, at that time and yeah well that's nice that's a really nice question thank you Alessandra yeah thank you <laughs> that was lovely to revisit yeah thank it was you. really wow. nice I really love that moment beautiful uh and and thank you because that is my editing also of course <laughs> sort of making yeah. that happen with the crowd and uh yeah uh was that the two questions or did you have yet another question i uh, know there, there's the second one is for you karen about the the last chapter okay. from the first season when you're all meeting mm. again 20 years later mm. and i really liked how you sounded 20 years older all of you <laughs> and it was amazing i would like to know it was uh, directing if what 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 did you tell what them everyone <laughs> uh, let's see i didn't tell felicity anything uh she would just magic that on her own <laughs> i did direct janice because she recorded uh, at my house and the thing is of course janice and i are she's a little bit younger than me but we're we're approaching that. I am definitely that age that Jess and, and Kat are at in the last episode. And Janice is a few years younger. So we're actually more that age than the sort of 25-year-olds that we're portraying. So uh, I just reminded her of that before she started uh, recording. And she just picked that up because, you know, that's what she does. Uh, and for me, for Jess... Uh, at 25, I try to pitch my voice ever so slightly higher, just teeny tiny bit, um, because you know your voice does get a little bit more, a uh, little bit lower pitched as you get older. So, which I mean, I dropped that so many times in season one. If you sat there with a stopwatch, you'd be like, click, click, click. Um, but, <laughs> but it, it, I try to do that. So for this one, I just completely went at my normal voice <laughs> my normal 45 year old <laughs> voice <laughs> so yeah that's how that happened I think a lot of it um also is the lines I mean it has to do with what they're talking about and where they are in their lives I think um because you will you you will have different things sort of occupying your brain at 45 and 25 and then some things I'll just you know stay the same yeah, I think so. Uh, so ah, the magic of of uh, voice acting. Yeah, <laughs> it really was magical. 
Oh, thank you. Mm. <laughs> that is so lovely. I have a listener question that I wanted to ask all of you. And I think it'll be completely different because some of you have done more voice acting than others. But uh, how, what are your tips for someone wanting to get into voice acting? What would you say? Because you are all in voice acting. You've been doing this now. What are your tips? Uh, anyone want to jump in? Uh <laughs> <laughs> start they're all the, silent yes yeah the, the first step is the, the hardest one yeah I, i i've been thinking about doing it for some time and just here in the pandemic i decided okay mm. i will do it uh, i started building my my little cocoon here and and everything <laughs> and that's yeah. when it started to happen uh, know a little about tech technicalities you have to mm. know something about it but go and, and try you you will, will only do it if you try and if you stay yeah and in the back thinking oh i should do it i could do it i will do it no do it that that's the the, the tip i have that is a brilliant tip because if if you don't give it a shot then nothing will ever happen <laughs> anyone has anything else yeah i i really loved immediately from looking at the casting of this project the way that you were so kind of inclusive and it you know diversity was really important and and it was just really obvious that there was a lot of really great things going on and i think what i would say to anybody going into this is i don't know try and find people like that try and find kind of like your tribe a good community where mm. it's going to be a positive experience you know because i think that's that's the most important thing mm. how about you emma you've done voice acting for a bit uh various things yeah uh couple of things really uh one to kind of play off what alchandra said um yeah. like when you're getting started it's so easy to worry so much about the kind of technical and equipment side of it mm. and that's not the important thing and it never is i mean the the, the first voice acting gig i ever got i recorded with uh sitting on my parents bed with a usb mic i'd taken out of a rock band set <laughs> and no other equipment Uh, and equipment can't cover up for performance like performance can cover up for equipment. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And also then on just a kind of my usual tip for voice acting thing is uh, even though you're voice acting, you're not just using your voice. Remember what the rest of your body is doing because people can hear your facial expressions in your voice even if they don't think they can. And it, mm -hmm. I... I Like I so much of emoting in in voice acting is just kind of lo looking like you're feeling the right emotions, and then you will sound like it. Yeah, that is brilliant, and I that's why I put in so many smiles in my scripts mm. all the time. I get reactions <laughs> for that uh, sometimes from voice actors, and they're like, "But they're not going to know I'm smiling." I'm like, "Yes, they will. Yeah, <laughs> they they definitely will know if you're smiling <laughs> yeah. or not." If I have that kind of scene, I want there to be a smile. And a lot of the time, there's a tiny bit of a sound when you smile as well mm. that you're not even aware of, that you're going to pick up. Uh, so, yeah. How about you, Celia? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, just try. Just start. I, I'm new to this voice acting. I've done theater, yeah. as I said. And just try. Don't aim for perfect. I mean, mm. the first time is never going to be perfect not neither the second time or the third but then it's gonna be better yeah 
and better is what we aim for, I guess. <laughs> oh, that is that. Yeah, exactly. Because you're never going to do it perfectly, and you're never going to be uh, done. You know. Uh, hmm. So I I would agree with everything you've said, all of you, and. I think also just find when it comes to voice acting, because you can voice act in so many different ways. You can do a voiceover, you can do commercials, you can do uh, games, you can do what we're doing, which is audio drama, or you can do all of those things mixed up. But I think it's important to try and find what is, by trial and error usually, find what is your happy place? What makes you um, shine? And what is, what is that makes you go, oh, this, this is what I love to do. And for me, I mean, I've tried to do some sort of commercial voiceover and I've tried to do narration and it's fine. But when I get to act, I just go, this is the most fun. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, try to figure that out. What makes you go do that and then do more of that. And that will shine through. Uh, When it comes to, uh, you know, getting voice acting gigs, just just audition. You know, you can sit in your room and you can record something and you send it off. And if they don't want it. Who cares? Try again. You know? Where do you, where's a good place to find auditions for, for voice acting? Uh, there's so many places, but Twitter is good uh, for uh, casting calls. I think Euler can found this on Star Now. Um, there's also Backstage and there is Mandy um, has voice acting. There's a whole bunch of Discord groups that I think I linked to in our uh, Y2K Discord a while back. There's also the, uh, let's see, what's it called? There's the audio fiction newsletter thing. Uh, and the, that, uh, I can link you that, Lorcan, because you looked like you wanted to subscribe. Uh, that is curated by our very own Sarah Golding and by Lin- Lindsay Harris Fierl. Uh, there are also various Facebook groups. Uh, the one I found most useful in general for audio drama is Audio Drama Hub. But there, there's also um, Audio Drama Auditions, I think, on Facebook. And um, Sarah Golding, again, runs uh, Audio Auditions on Twitter, which is very useful. She tries to sort of retweet everything. And there's Casting Call Club, which I haven't used in a while because it tends to be projects that are um, not all of them are very serious and sometimes they just disappear uh i've had that happen but some of them are you know uh gauge for yourself uh, can be a good place to start and now i'm i'm feeling like i should put all these links in the uh, show notes so of course i will do that yes <laughs> yeah great i think we've been talking for a little while now is there anything that either of you feel like you haven't gotten to say or ask or talk about before we could move into you plugging your stuff if you want nope well that is brilliant okay so i'm gonna let you uh each have a moment to just sort of let the listeners know where to find you if you want uh and also can talk a little bit about your projects if you have any that you want to plug and if not that is fine too um how about you start emma uh okay yeah i have a whole list of them because uh so find me on twitter at warus that's w-a-r-u-c-e uh on twitch and youtube because i uh, also stream video games uh at uh saracent that's s-e-r-a-s-e-n-t 
Uh, and yeah, streaming there three times a week. Come and watch me spend <laughs> nine hours talking about politics and inexplicably giving people bad West Country accents. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I I swear my streaming is about fifty percent just a cover operation for me doing more accent work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, and also catch me sat uh, specific project Saturday night uh, six thirty Eastern, so that's eleven thirty British time on twitch.tv slash the Bards Playhouse. That's T H E B A R D S P L A Y H O U S E, uh, where I'm in an ongoing Vampire the Masquerade Fifth Edition um, chronicle, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Come see me be a vampire and make bad decisions. <laughs> I mean, I mean that is a beautiful tagline. <laughs> That's amazing, <laughs> Alessandre. Oh, I, I don't have. I would like to have more projects to tell about, but uh, none at the moment. Uh, you can find me at Instagram. I don't have a Twitter. Or you can find me on Instagram. It's I have two, the, the two of my hobbies. I collect razors, and one is at Leleco, L E L A L E L E C O underline erasers and at card d card underline dealer the e from dealer is the number three is about board games another one of my passions uh -huh. so you can find me there uh, i love how how sort of you both just went completely nerdy in the most beautiful way uh, <laughs> it makes me so happy uh celia sure uh uh Email me <laughs> at <Yeah>. cilia.lamhauge <laughs> at live.se. It's S-I-L-J-A dot L-A-M-H-A-U-G-E at L-I-V-E dot S-E. That is That's beautiful. <laughs> and I, I'm studying right now. I'm studying theater. So I don't have a lot of projects. Just arts on the side. That works. And Lorcan, uh, you usually refer to me when it comes to contacting you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of went, took a, a long break from social media. and I've been writing a lot of music. I've been rewriting a lot of songs. So I'm really hoping to start putting things out there in the future. But at the moment, nothing. I don't really have any, any projects. But hopefully in the next couple of months, be doing more fun stuff like that. So watch this space i guess <laughs> ah, <laughs> that is beautiful and most of that information you can also find at our website which is y2kpod.com if you didn't catch all of that and i'll try to be good and put all of it in the show notes as well uh, you can find me on twitter at karen haim that's k-a-r-i-n-h-e-i-m uh, or uh, I'm the one answering all of the Y2K pod uh, social medias. So just uh, hit me up there if you want to find me. And thank you all so much for doing this. It's been delightful chatting with you. And uh, for Y2K, we kind of like to end on Oceans of Hugs, if you're okay with that. Okay, so we're going to go Oceans of Hugs. You too. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna go three, two, one, and you say oceans of hugs. Three, two, one, oceans, oceans of, of hugs. hugs. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you.